This place is creepy. Okay, let's fan out. We need to find any trace that this ghost is here. How's it looking on the thermometer? Nothing. I'm gonna try to communicate with it. Hello? Are you with us? My name is Jim. Uh, please tell me how I can ask you questions for your podcast. What about the spirit box? Dead air. Whoa. What is it? What? It's saying something. Uncovered canvas podcast at gmail.com. Strange. Hey, who turned out the light? Hunter? Jim? Listening to the Uncovered Canvas podcast, and we'll be right with you. So, Hero. Oh man, how how's your week been? Because I'm not going to lie, I haven't been productive at all. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. My week has been pretty... It, it's it's kind of like a mixed bag, right? So some ups, some downs. Um, I'm working a lot more, uh, just kind of in general, because I'm hella, hella broke. Uh, but I, I did get my car back, so I'm very excited about that. I'm going to drive a 2020 Chevy Malibu. Um, and for a while, I was driving a rundown beat-em-up uh, Chevy Aveo, uh, 2007 with like a broken front end. You have to strap the hood down so it doesn't fly up into the windshield. I've been there. Um, oh yeah. yeah. So I've been driving that for a little while while my car was in the shop for the last month. Cause I got into an accident like way back in, uh, early February or mid February. Uh, but I just got that back. So I'm really excited about that. I've been working on uh old comic of mine called Beta Chip, which is like a um it's a proxy battle series. Uh kind of like in the same vein as like Pokemon, Metabots, Digimon, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um and the concept is like AR uh fighting game, right? Uh that Ooh. you use like the control your controller is like your mobile phone and then you get like accessories like watches and glasses and other stuff like that to kind of help you play the game in different ways. And uh, I originally started this uh, concept as a entry into the Webtoon call to action contest that they were doing uh, in late 2022 um, or mid 2022. I think around June or July they were doing that. And I ended up not being able to make it because I had... Uh, I was starting Japanese class uh, at my local university. And then uh, on top of that, I had already scheduled from the previous year, back in 2021, I had scheduled a feature storyboarding class that I was participating in. And I was expecting that one to mainly be lectures and then me just kind of like doing whatever in between. It ended up being like way more than that. Um, and kind of uh it was stuff i already did and already knew but kind of retrained me in those things it was like a nice refresher course 
So that was really, really nice. But because of those things and then working a full time job, I ended up having to put the the contest entry aside until recently. And where I uh, a friend of mine had been told that uh, like a contest from Katakawa, uh, the company that's real famous for every good anime movie you've ever seen. <laughs> um, apparently, like so they have a magazine as well. Um, where they publish manga and stuff in Japan, and they're getting into the webtoon market as a webtoon competitor. So they're looking for, like, series that they can publish um, or whatever. And first place gets, like, $15,000 and then flown out to uh, Japan. And they're accepting globally for every language, or for, like, one of, like, five or seven major languages or something like that. I think five, like, five major languages. The important um, thing be, like, is that Jap English is one of them, right? Yes. And what's even more important, because normally the way that these these global contests do mm -hmm. um, is like everybody's competing against everybody regardless of language. This one isn't doing that. They're separating the pools based on language. So there can be a first place English winner, a first place Japanese winner, a first place Chinese winner. Like that is really important. That's what I'm oh, wow. excited about. Right, because it's like it allows for more opportunity. And then even if you don't win, you can still be picked up for a series because that's like the main goal of this contest at the end of the day is to mm -hmm. get them series content that they can publish. And they do have like a stipulation in the contest rules that like if nobody meets the standards of what they're looking for to publish, they will just not announce winners and they'll just give like second to third place to everybody else. Like... He's like, okay, well, we don't have to publish any of you guys because honestly, all of these stories suck and we're just not going to do this again. So it's it, it's called Tetesk, uh, T-A-T-E-S-C. Mm -hmm. um, no idea what that means or anything like that, but it's the first time that they're doing a global kind of contest thing. And so I'm repurposing this old beta ship call to action contest um, about the two rivals, the main character and then the main antagonist fighting each other. Um, which is Benny Baker versus Kenny, Casey Conway and their uh, beta beasts. And they're going to be fighting each other. And I'm repurposing that for the Tetesk contest. So I've been working on that over the last couple of weeks or last week or so. Um, and that's going to be continuing. The uh, contest actually concludes in August. I should be able to finish by uh, late May, I think. Mm -hmm. Just all together. Um, in addition to doing other things like working, um, which I currently have a part-time job that hopefully will turn into a full-time job pretty soon. Um, we'll see. And then uh, working in anime. I'm doing a lot of anime stuff. Um, there's a lot of emergency cuts that need to be done over the next couple of weeks. So they're loading me up because I'm doing good. That's um, great. Working, working for a company called uh, Mochi Kaede, um, which you can find them on Twitter. It's like an indie... It's like... Um, who who are the people who make the Starbomb music videos? Huh. Yada, Studio Yada. It's like those guys, but for like anime. Wow. Because that's the thing with a lot of anime studios, you know, it, it, there's always, there's the main studio and then there's the, to my understanding, there's like, you know, like a background studio and then there's, you know, some in-between studios and then there's um, 
it's mainly it, teams like each yeah. studio like develops a team especially when they're big enough to work on multiple projects at once they'll dedicate people as a team and then if they end up running um behind schedule because people get sick or you know whatever just bad scheduling they'll have to hire freelancers off the internet typically twitter um and companies like mochi caddy and tonari animation make it really easy for the japanese just to go to one place instead of having to hunt around on their own um right. in order to hire something of quality so it's like uh and, and like these are all like western studios that are trained in the ways of like working in anime production and share kind of like insider knowledge and that kind of thing um so it's just like really efficient uh for japanese producers to know that they can go somewhere and not have to uh, you know, figure out English translations and work with somebody who's just not going to either be fast enough or as quality enough or anything like that. Um, it's just kind of like a safer bet for them, and they're willing to pay a little bit more money for that, so the the prices can be a little bit higher. Um, I don't know what Tonari Animation's prices are anymore. They used to be just barely above what the standard was in Japan. Um, so instead of like $7 a cut, they were paying $10 mm -hmm. a cut. Oh, wow. uh, Mochi Kaidi is like way higher than that, though. I've gotten pretty consistently um, depending on the length of the cut. Simpler cuts go down to like 40 bucks. That's the lowest that I've seen. So 40 bucks a cut, which is already four right. times as much as like Tonari animation. Um, but uh, recently I've been doing things that are like $75 a cut or something like that for a similar amount of work. Um, other than like design language, like some of the designs are like way more complicated. I bet. So, Jeez. Just wanted to interject real. real quick and make sure that, you know, you don't have to, this isn't under an NDA or nothing, right? This is like free, like this is public knowledge that, you know, if you dig around, you can find. So you won't really get in trouble for like naming out prices and stuff, right? Because I know sometimes studios are kind of very secretive over whether they pay their people X rate or that rate and so on and so forth. No, no, it's very like because all of these people are like contractors, the uh, mm -hmm. price negotiations and stuff like that are very, very open, very, very public. Um, and it does like the the price negotiation changes based on things like um, how tight of a deadline that you're doing, how complicated the cut is, how complicated the designs are, how good or bad of an artist you are. Um, mm -hmm. whether or not you can perform the job at a certain thing. So like people who have like a higher skill cap, um, like um what's his name um the guy who did the he started the studio he worked on castlevania um uh they did the hades intro do you remember him mm. uh, hold on, let me look at him real quick i i know who you're talking about i remember seeing stuff about this but uh, i bring it up because uh what you're saying reminds me of when i found out that you know like drag like everybody knows like uh toei did dragon ball right and then I was watching yeah. um, Plague of Gripes, actually, which is I should have brought him up uh, last episode. Another good channel to check out. Plague of Gripes, he does a lot of animation stuff, but a lot of his longer, like, hour-plus videos are just him talking. And you can get a lot out of the dude. You know, it's this simple artist living out in, like, a farm or some shit. And mm -hmm. one that I saw, he was talking about being on model and stuff like that. And he was saying how... Dragon Ball, yeah, Toei did most of the work, but they always, like, subcontracted out some, uh, to some other studio. And then he was talking how, like, one of the major, like, one of the major fights that Goku had is when he first went Super Saiyan. And he fought Frieza. And that fight was subcontracted out. You know, like, those episodes were subcontracted out. So one of the most important parts in anime history 
one of the defining thing for Battle Shonen, you know, the power up. And it was some, it was, you know, they, they sent it out to like the B team that they couldn't, you know, that they need. Yeah. Whoops, budget kicked in, so we got to send it to the B team. <laughs> right it's, it's all like the that. same budget it's, like... it's just a matter of like who's available but uh yeah. yeah it's very much like that's a case as well with uh one punch man uh mm -hmm. was done like it's got the madhouse name on it but not a single person who worked at madhouse worked on one punch man season one it was all yeah. freelancers and so it's like that's partly why it looked so good um and then then why season two looked so bad because it was one it was a different studio and the guy who is directing it just didn't have the same kind of connections or experience and so the people who would normally be working on season two went on to work to on other things like mushoko tensei right. um and then they it's... left mushoko tensei to work on other things which are like airing right now but spencer wan was the guy that i was talking about uh earlier mm. who worked on like, castlevania uh started that studio that did the hades intro for the video game That's um, nice. so if you have like a skill like his um which is really really high uh, I've been following him since like college. So wow. I found his DeviantArt back when I was in high school and he was in college um, just based on like a YouTube channel. And then I've just been following him ever since. His journey is kind of wild. But if you have a skill that's like really, really high like his, then you are more likely to um, get better pay in the anime industry, uh, mm -hmm. more work in the anime industry. Um, and it's like, because your skills are just more sought after so yeah. you, you can have like negotiation rights and things like that so it's like it the better you are the better chances you have um okay. and it's also more likely that japanese people will just hire you outright even if you don't speak japanese like spencer Wan has worked on boruto and uh some other shows and stuff like that because his skill is so high that they're like yeah we want this guy oh yeah i bet you know it's worth uh <laughs> Hey, the skill, whenever your art and your work can speak for itself, you don't need new words. You don't need any words. Just here's what I can bring to the table. Here's what I can do. Are you going to pay me? So that way I can do it for you. And I've seen exactly. it a lot. You know, I've seen a, I can't remember what interview I saw where it's been so long since I read this. Basically, like, there are these two people, like, basic, you know, scenario, right? One person doesn't like person B, but person, and person B don't like person A. But person B has a skill that person A needs, so he pays person B no matter what. You know, it's like, I don't like yeah. you, but you have exactly what I need, so I'm going to pay you to do it. And that's not an that's not an uh, irrefutable law or anything like that. Irrefutable yeah, yeah, yeah. law. Uh, like if you're an asshole and you're really good, people still don't want to work with you. Exactly. It's just at the time they just need he just needed like uh he's like oh we're really behind on whatever. I think it might have been a construction project. I can't remember, but it might have been a union thing. I can't, I legit just can't remember. I was reading it while I was at work, so <laughs> uh, you have to forgive me for some of the work stories. I got seven other machines in the background and I'm taking my break. <laughs> Basically, you do good work, people want to hire you again. People want to hire you no matter what. And especially with a, a scenario like this where there could be a language barrier and they're still willing to go for you, you, you know, something's, you know, golden about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But, Speaking yeah, of... That's, that's kind of what I've been up to for the whole week. What have you been up to? Oh, man, I'm not going to lie, Hero. I've been... I kind of beat myself about this yesterday because the entire week has just been completely unproductive. And I 
haven't had a chance to really do anything. The only real thing I got a chance to do was on Thursday, I decided, you know what, I need to move all my figures from one room into another room. Completely reorganize, you know, my office, completely reorganize a couple things because I've been doing a lot more 3 ping stuff now. And or, Let me rephrase this. I've been getting a lot more miniature stuff. And because I got more miniature stuff, I'm like, oh, well, I need bases for these. So I load up my 3D printer again. So that way I can 3D print bases for my miniatures because some of them didn't come with bases. You'd have to buy them separately, which is super freaking weird. Usually they, you buy a box and it comes with a base for the miniature. You usually don't need to buy a freaking base with it. What is this, GW? Right. <laughs> for uh uh for you for you folks that don't really uh, know who uh, games workshop is imagine needing to pay 40 percent more for being american to play your game ain't that uh ain't that something uh, and in mm -hmm. my and here my dumbass is playing five armies uh well thankfully because i have a 3d printer so i don't have to pay no whatever prices to play those armies but a friend of mine had uh, i met up with a friend of mine last time we met and he had given me a box, like a Christmas, they're called Christmas Battle Forces, and they basically are like a discount box. Now, when you say discount box for GW, that means, that don't really mean anything, usually. Because it's, oh, we're taking off the ridiculously high upcharge that we give you for GW. Because, hey, come on, man, you're playing, for, you're playing Warhammer 40k. You're going to pay Warhammer 40k prices, you know. I mean, you could mm -hmm. not play Warhammer 40K, and you could not buy this product, but then you're not playing Warhammer 40K. Come on, bro. So that's basically how James Workshop is, where uh, fuck the fans, we like money, is basically like the meme that goes around some of the community. So <laughs> I play an art. Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. It's like, oh, hey, we, we could do this, but we make more money doing that, so we're not going to do that. So basically, uh, I play. I ended up getting into the game with Grey Knights, and I was an elite army. So luckily, I didn't have to buy that many models. They're still expensive, but I didn't have to buy that many. Lo and behold, I come back to the game, and I get back, and I want to play Admech. Because I like Artificers, I like sci-fi, and the Admech are one of the few things in Warhammer that's actually original and not plagiarized from something else. Mm -hmm. So I play the Admech. Lo and behold, the Admech are an expensive army to collect because all of their kits are expensive and you need a lot of kits in order to play the game because you know your basic troop cho your basic tro one squad of troops is like 20 the box only comes with 10 and you usually want uh three squads of 20 so that's already you know like 40 to 50 bucks per 10 you need to buy and that's just your front lines that's not including your heavy guns or your fast attack or like there's so much to run in the army. You don't even have a leader too. like one miniature that leads your army can be from 25 to 50 bucks for a single miniature. It's ridiculous. Characters in GW are borderline theft. So a friend of mine had found a Christmas battle force for the Admech and it was an older one. So these things usually sell out super quick because the Christmas battle forces surprisingly are actually a discount box and not here's a bunch of kits we're going to take off 10 percent or whatever arbitrary amount and make it seem like a good deal but this box actually had stuff that i wanted so it not only was it at a decent discount it was units that i don't have and units that i need now i don't play uh 40k as much as i used to i'm more of a painter slash collector now 
uh, mainly because I don't want to pay $60 to buy the rule book for the game and then pay another $60 to get the rules for my army. So in order to play the game, you need to buy like drop 120 something. Obviously, there's going to be semantics like, all right, so yeah, I'm paying MSRP is a dumb choice. Even buying on Amazon, they give you like a 15% discount. But still, you know, that the idea that you need to pay close to 100 bucks just for the rules. You go into your local Mon, Pastor, or uh, your local uh, game shop, and you can pick up like any other tabletop game, and it comes with the rule book in whatever like starter set you get, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I'll go on another rant about GW later. But basically, I end up getting that. And the. I end up looking at all the stuff that I have, and I'm organizing my room. I have three, count them, three Christmas battle forces that I need to put together. And then I have a combat patrol, which is not as big as a battle force, but there's still a lot of miniatures in that. Uh, for anyone curious, I play Grey Knights, I play Adamek, I play Imperial Guard, but I only play Imperial Guard because I have a 3D printer. So I play uh, Death Corp of Krieg because I have a 3D printer. It's technically uh lore accurate to do that because of you know if you know death corp of krieg death core death corpse do, do, do you say core or corpse because i've heard it both core okay uh death core of krieg uh if you know the lore behind them it is lore accurate to 3d print them instead of paying the ridiculous oh man hey hero can you imagine paying a hundred and thirty dollars for three horses miniatures mind you resin uh, so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> playing death core krieg is not fun needing to buy death core krieg is not is even less fun so listen kids more of the story is get a 3d printer 3d print warhammer 40k miniatures it's the morally correct thing to do so i'm organizing my room making room for everything trying to at least make sense of all this madness and I, that's when it's you know kicks me in the butt I haven't done anything really productive per se on any of my projects or any of my work. I haven't even sat down and read. I've been really wanting to finish Fighters of Fear. I was luckily able to finish one of the stories in Fighters of Fear, and I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> it just turns out to be a story, you know, about a monkey, basically. The dude's haunted by a monkey or something. And that kind of took the wind out of my sails because I'm thinking, oh, are some of these stories just going to flat out end and not really have a satisfying ending? And by satisfying ending, I mean, you know, uh, main character, you know, saves that not really saves the day, but the the problem is solved. You know, you, you know, obviously people are going to get hurt or whatever. It's supernatural. So it's supernatural uh, cult detective stuff. So obviously I'm not expecting everyone to get out of it alive, but I'm not necessarily reading a story in which no one wins so that took the wind out of my sails and you know a bunch of stuff piling on oh, yeah. so luckily like, so much just piling on and the, the only thing i was able to do and finally say yay i got a victory out of it was i got my raise from work and my back pay came in but then immediately hey. i got yeah, but then immediately got kicked in the nuts because I had to pay all my bills. And I'm thinking, well, good thing my back pay came in because now it's completely gone. Yeah, because, like, imagine if you didn't have that. Your bills would have still come. Like, yeah, right. You would have so, screwed. 
Yeah, so look, luckily, uh, I mean, I would have been screwed, but uh, ASEN is next uh, month, so, or for uh, uh, for the other people, uh, Anime Central is next month, so I probably just would have would have had less money for the convention, which I should probably not spend so much at the convention. Last three or four times I went, I spent close to $1,000 there, and I cannot make that much, I cannot drop that much on anime merch anymore. <laughs> Oh man, I got way too many bills and uh, responsibilities to drop close to one k on anime merch on a single day or on a well, on a week on a weekend. What the budget. Yeah, I want a cash budget. Yeah, I'm gonna do that instead, and uh, I'm only allowed to. Use, I'll, I'll probably do something like, oh, I'm only allowed to use the credit card on one thing, like a figure or something, because you know you're at yeah. an anime convention, you got to get yourself some merch. Uh, I'll take pictures and you know, send you to them later if we end up going. Uh, we might end up not going. I couldn't get a hotel room this year. So we might just end up Ubering back and forth between the con and a uh, friend's uh, apartment. So I look back, and the only real thing I was able to do was get uh, a commission in for, for one of my characters, and that's about it. So, And that was an old one that you know the dude basically forgot about me. And he's like, oh, shit, don't worry. I'm still working on your com. It's just, you know, I've been busy. So... Uh, here's like the whip. And it's like, oh sweet, I completely forgot that I did like I got this. So at least I got a whip coming in. So Hero Sensei, I have a question for you. Yes. Seeing as how as seeing as how as I'm very you know tired and I'm pretty defeated right now on basically how my week's gone, because nothing was done. We got I got my room cleaned. That's about it. And it's not even fully clean, clean. It's just stuff is moved around. So it mm -hmm. looks not like crap. And my own projects seem to have just taken a, the, 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 the emergency break is just pulled that. And now I'm, you know, screeching to a halt. How do you, uh, how do you find the motivation to really keep going and to keep like, all right, so I got to get this done. I got to No matter, I gotta step up my game and really get going on this. Cause the luckily, uh, you do this like all this stuff professionally, whereas I'm as much as I would like to claim, I'm still you know I'm still a hobbyist at the end of the day until I'm fully. Right. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Got a a background. I'm still a hobbyist at the end of the day. So as someone wanting to be, you know. I want to go from Joe to pro. How would you, uh, what's your idea on motivation? How do you keep yourself motivated and really keep yourself going in this, you know, being able to get up and work a nine to five and, and still do all this creative work? Well, uh, it's a combination of different things. It kind of like at, uh, at the start of it all, really, you have to consider like, uh, how best you work, kind of get in tune with um, all of your habits and tendencies and things like that. Um, recently, uh, I I used to be like really really productive, but in more of like a desperate sense. So like when you were talking about me doing the a page a day and stuff like that, that was because I was like I have no other choice and I don't have a social life, right? So the that's basically what I was doing all day. 
uh, other people would be drawing and be like, well, I guess I have to draw. And so that's that's how I motivated myself uh, to get a page a day done. And then eventually, you know, you burn out or you get tired or, you know, something happens, something changes, your schedule changes and you're just not able to keep it up anymore. So uh, this year I wanted to change that. I wanted to become far more consistent than I have been. Uh, because I'm really good at starting projects, but I'm not very good at uh, you know keeping them for long periods of time or finishing them. That's a move so right there. Uh, yeah, right. It's like uh, and then every time I'd be like you know because there's like the interest dip that everybody talks about where you like you you first get your idea and you're like this is the greatest project in the world and you set yourself up uh, for failure by like you know overloading yourself and. Uh, getting really, really, really into it. And then eventually you're like, man, this is like way more work than I thought it was. And then you see the next shiny thing. And it's like, well, I'm going to take a break from this thing and come back to it later. But in the meantime, I want to work on this shiny thing. That's the best idea ever. And then you know, it's like repeat and rinse. All right. So I, I had a very bad habit of that up until this year. Um, mm -hmm. My my roommate, who I would often work with, um, used to get on my case all the time. It would start fights between us because we'd start a project together. And then he's got ADHD, so uh, he would only sign up for like the jobs that he knew he could take care of or that he was like mm -hmm. genuinely interested in. Um, and then I would have more of a generalized interest in the whole thing, but have to like fizzle out for some reason. Um, and end up working on something else. I was like, no, no, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. And it would start just like some discourse between us. But I started uh, looking into productivity and stuff like that. I was listening to another podcast um, called Cortex, uh, which is hosted by Mike Hurley, famed Mike Hurley of Relay FM, and uh, CGP Gray, which is one of my favorite YouTubers. He's an educational YouTuber um, all about uh, just kind of learning things. He's like an ex-teacher turned YouTuber. Um, so he's got a lot of really interesting videos about all kinds of different things. But what I was most interested in with this Cortex podcast is they were talking about how uh, Gray himself handles productivity and it gave me some ideas. So um, I looked into some of the things that he was talking about and I came across this app called Todoist, which is like a to-do project tracker thing. Um, they have a survey on their website to find out which productivity method uh, works best for you. And I took the survey and found something called the commitment inventory, which is um, essentially what it is, is it allows you to accept all of the things that you're interested in doing, um, but you have to schedule them in order to dedicate like physical time to these things because you can't do them all at once. It's absolutely impossible. But you can set like a time here, time there, whatever. And the things that are higher on your commitment priority priority kind of list, you schedule them more often. And then things that are lower on your priority list, you schedule them less often. So for me, um, I have to get anime work done and an actual job and stuff like that. So that takes up like 80% of my um, my weekly schedule every week. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but I do have time in the afternoon, about three to four hours in the afternoon and about one hour in the morning where I can schedule other things like getting school homework done or cleaning the house or uh, drawing my comics or, you know, doing the things that I want to do. So I schedule those things into those time slots, um, just kind of keeping um, being mindful of my own energy levels and 
uh, sleep schedule and things like that. And it allows me to work on those things fairly consistently that I make some genuinely good progress on all of the things that I plan on working on. And I finished more, uh, it feels like, in the last three to four months mm-hmm. since the start of the year, since January. I finished more since January than I feel like I have over the last several years. What was like, this app it's called again? Todoist. Uh, to yeah, it's like to do. Like, yep. Uh, no, to do ist. It's like to do list, but ist. without the L. Just without the L. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm, yeah, I'm quiet because I'm like I'm intrigued. Like, because uh, what you actually what you're saying really does make a lot of sense. Because I remember I tried to do some scheduling stuff back then. I had some progress made, but then I couldn't keep you know keep up with it. And then I realized, hmm, you want to know what? Did, yeah, you want know this makes sense. Okay. Because I remember, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for some reason, it's so much easier to, like, you got to get, like, <laughs> I got to take my own advice. Write it down. Because the moment you see, see it, like, it's in front of you, and you can, like, you don't need to visualize it in your head. When it's written down, and you can see, this time's for that. This time's for this. I, I could see where that mm-hmm. would really, you know, show, no, hey, guess what? It's 2 o'clock right now. Get, get, time to get busy. Come on, bro. Let's get this going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And it's like, uh, so my schedule works from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I'm basically married to my Google Calendar. I have it scoped Mm -hmm. in. I have like an extension that scopes in my Google Calendar so I can only see those times from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that I don't get, you know, force myself to be like, well, you know, maybe I'll be up till 11 on this day. No, I won't. And even if I will, I won't have the energy to work on anything. So, you know, I'm not scheduling anything after 10 p.m. Um. But I like every day for like every day of the week. So on Monday next week, for example, I have Japanese homework from 10 a.m. to uh, 12 p.m. And then I go into work about 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. And then I come home and between five and six, I can eat dinner, watch TV, whatever. Um, And then I work on my comic from about 6 p.m. to realist. I have it scheduled out till 9 p.m. Realistically, I'm Mm going to stop around 730 um, because that's when my energy is going to run out and stuff like that. But if I happen to have more energy, I have until 9 p.m. blocked out. Uh, that's also like a big thing of the whole scheduling thing. Want to overestimate, because if you give somebody like trying to face a deadline, that's like just on the cusp is like, yeah, I can get this done in you know, a week or something like that. But then something goes horribly wrong and you got to push it out. That's way worse than being like, yeah, give me about three weeks on this. Something goes horribly wrong this week. You still have two more weeks to get this thing that you would have spent one week on. So it's like just always, always overestimate yourself. If you feel like you can get it done in an hour, schedule two hours. If you feel like you can get it done in two hours, schedule four hours. Just double it, right? It makes Mm -hmm. it way easier, way less stressful. And then, like, if you feel the need, like, I'm lacking motivation or energy in this particular moment, doesn't really matter why, because you have the time scheduled out. You can just stop early and then work on the next thing or rest or, you know, do whatever. And then you just have to schedule it further onto your calendar, right? It's like, oh, I've got uh, the anime work. I have marked out for all uh, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, and then all of Saturday morning. Realistically, mm-hmm. the thing that I'm working on this week is only going to take me Tuesday morning, maybe Wednesday morning, like two days. But I scheduled four days. So, 
you know, and then that's what I told them. It's like, hey, yeah, I can have this done by, you know, Saturday. So that's that's what they're giving me to. And so then I don't have to fight myself trying to get this thing done and stay up and lack sleep and be stressed out all the time and just get it done when I get it done. And then I can turn it in early and then I look better doing that they're like oh i wasn't expecting this till saturday but you got it done early that's awesome you're a really hard worker i'm like "Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm definitely (laughs) right yeah so okay uh yeah it's it's really really nice uh this is the method that works for me i i did uh send you the uh link to the survey if you want to take that real quick find out what you end up with it's not a very long survey okay um but yeah, so that that's the kind of method that I work with is the commitment inventory. I have uh, on my Todoist account, I have like 200 different tasks. Um, and it's important when you write them down that they're like actionable tasks. And what that means mm-hmm. is like when you say something like, um, you know, I'm going to clean the house. Like there's so many subtasks in the phrase clean the house that you don't really know what that means. But if you're like sweep the kitchen, you know, sweeping the kitchen is something you can do, right? There's a, there's a definitive space. It requires a single tool. You know, it's going to take you five minutes to do. You can, that's, that's an actionable task. So you can put that on your to-do list and then take care of it. So if I'm like, Okay, today I need to, I have three hours to work on my comic. I need to go through and I need to input all of the dialogue and make uh, word bubbles for all of the characters who are speaking. Um, So those are two things that I can do. They're very actionable steps. And so I can schedule those things on my thing. But if I put work on my comic, then now I have to think about it and spend the brain power and be like, well, what do I work on my comic? What does it need? Uh, you know, try and remember things. The idea of the whole like being productive kind of life cycle is you want to think as little as possible and use as little energy as possible. You want your system to work for you. You don't want to have to bend yourself to the system, uh, which is a very common thing that people do. They're like, I had a buddy recently reach out to me. He's like, hey, man, how do I how do I build this uh, thing that I want to start doing into habit? I, I, I feel so bad all of the time because like I'm trying to work out this schedule so that I can start doing things like jog at one, you know, at the, at 10 AM in the morning or something when I first get up and mm-hmm. uh, do this and do that. And like, okay, well let's think about like how you live your lifestyle. And he's like, well, I'm up until like 3 AM. Uh, then I, you know, end up sleeping until like noon and then, you know, that makes me miss my schedule and a little bit of the next thing. And, you know, it's like, well, that makes sense. Like why you can't go jogging at 10 a.m. because your schedule isn't built to allow you the easiest possible method to go jogging at 10 a.m. It's forcing you to work, to wake up, to work, to go jog, to work, to go to work. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You got to you got to think about these things. It's like, OK, if you want to be able to start building into habit to go jogging at 10 a.m., you need to work around all of these things in your lifestyle so that you're already up at 10 a.m. You're already outside at 10 a.m. And going jogging is just like a 
small tiny additive step to that it's as easy as possible like you barely have to think about it because when it's easy then you're a lot better about you know doing it and when your schedule works that way it's like your body stops thinking it has a choice it's not like i could go jogging or i could do something else it's like no i'm already here i have to jog i don't have a choice and then all of a sudden it's part of your schedule right right so it's like gym bros who like work out every day um that's part of their schedule they're like every single day after work i go to the gym i'm i'm driving past it anyway i have all my stuff in my car or at the gym um it's just a matter of pulling into the parking lot and getting to work my workout routine was worked out last saturday so i already know what i'm doing today so i don't have to think about it as opposed to people who want to get into the gym like this is like the main reason uh new year's resolutions fail or one of Mm -hmm. two reasons the first reason is that it's like the goals are too vague right you have to give yourself like a time limit actionable steps that kind of thing but uh also you have to construct your life to allow you to do these things as easy as possible so that was something i actually learned from gray uh listening to the cortex podcast um because he's like that's his philosophy is like he just wants all things in his life to be easy part of this is a very interesting concept that he has which is the redundancy system which is um two is one and one is none and so what he has is he has two work areas or two offices uh two identical setups at those offices he has two backpacks to take to each office depending on like the day he has and then each backpack is stocked with identical items so it's like you know, he just has to know which day it is and then pick the right backpack. It already know right. that he has like the thing in it. So he's got, two, you know, a bunch of different iPads, two identical ones for each individual backpack. He's right. got, you know, like his home office and then his work office. And then each backpack has like, you know, the same stuff in it. So it's like it's really it's a no brainer because all of the stuff is already there. He just has to grab the backpack and go um, mm-hmm. because that's how his life is structured. So. Okay. Yeah, I figured I uh How are yeah, you on that uh, survey. Oh man, I'm I'm trying I'm I'm too engrossed in what you're telling me that I'm not I haven't really had a chance <laughs> to go through it. Like I'm I was like, well, I don't wanna I'm looking at the screen and I'm listening to you and it's like, well no, I, I, you know, it's disrespectful to not really, you know, give you my full attention, you know? All right, so you got the uh, Pomodoro <laughs> technique. What is it? <laughs> okay. Um uh, I don't I wanted to give you my full attention. Uh so as i was sorry about that so uh i was uh i was doing it in the background so uh i ended up getting the promodoro technique and let's see what it says a simple dare we say fun way to make consistent progress on your big projects and goals this productivity method is perfect for anyone who struggles with procrastination and has a hard time getting started on big projects and goals short in-depth work sessions called, for drumroll please, Promodoros force you to break, <laughs> force you to break big projects down into smaller, more concrete tasks. While the limited sessions, blah, 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 blah. they force you to break big projects down into smaller, more concrete tasks. While the limited sessions length make it mentally easier to get started. It's just ten minutes in parenthesis. In fucking parentheses. <laughs> Gamify your productivity by setting a goal for how many Promodoros you want to complete in a day. Learn how to Promodoro. <laughs> oh, and it even sends me on the little thing. 
Okay, what's and next? So you can, okay, you know, learn more about it, and then it's got like a giant article that details exactly what the Pomodoro technique is. And uh, if you find that like certain aspects of the technique are not working for you, you can like adjust it or whatever. Like for me, if you go to uh, at the top, it says um, productivity methods. Uh -huh. And then you can click on the productivity methods. If you scroll down to the very bottom, the last one is the commitment inventory. So that's the one that I have. Okay. And then you can see uh, in this kind of like article what it's like detailing you to do, which is like list out every single commitment that you have. Uh, then you have to add, you know, like uh, block them down into more like generalized things um then you have to uh percentile them out <laughs> like so that you're like oh this is how much working time i have and this is how much of the percentage of the time that i want and then you got to schedule it according to that for me i don't give a shit about like all the percentile onward kind of thing so what uh -huh. i'm I'm doing is kind of similar to that, where I have like general tasks and then a whole bunch of subtasks underneath those that I can do. And then I'm instead of saying like uh, I have to do this thing more often, I'm just saying I want to do this thing more often. It doesn't really matter why I want to do them more often, but if I do them more often, the more likely it is to get finished because as I do it more, the less work I'll have to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like it's effectively the same thing, but with less brain power. Oh. No, so I, that's I, that's I, my idea. So for your Pomodoro I, technique, it's going to have the same deal where it's like, oh, you should do all of these things. And you're like, I don't agree with that. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I'm looking at this right now and I'm thinking, you all know what this is? This is uh, this is me needing to actually take a look because that was the thing. I remember because I brought it up before in one of the episodes about the whole uh, one of Brander Sanderson's uh, ways to get a little better. And that was break it down into more manageable and achievable goals. And now it's like, well, hey, look at that. I can actually apply, you know, <laughs> more of that advice to this because I uh, <laughs> time to actually practice what I preach, I guess, you know, because <laughs> mm -hmm. you have a you have a because this is what it is right now. You get a bunch of, uh, you know, YouTube videos and all this other stuff about, you know, here's the advice. But then someone tells you, but you don't really know how to apply it. You know, you got to it's one thing to go to school to learn how to do something. It's another thing to actually apply the knowledge you have and, you know, use it meaningfully. And for all right. you people that have a, for all you people that have a degree and then suddenly go into the work field and have a hard time knowing what you're doing. Yeah, no, believe me, theoretical uh, theoretical is all nice and fun. But then you, when you have practical, sometimes they hire the guy that has more practical because just because you have a piece of paper that says you're smarter than me doesn't know or it doesn't mean you know how to take apart a motor. <laughs> uh, just to uh, I'm a little extra mean because we get a bunch of people like that whenever we uh, hire new peeps and they kind of come in here with all these degrees and uh, certifications, or whatever, and they struggle to, you know, swap out an outlet. And the first thing I ask is, is that thing live? And it's like, well, what do you mean if it's live? And then I get my little wand. I, I, I call it a wand because it's a, it's a tester, basically. It's a little uh, plastic device that you push the button. And if you push it near uh, like an outlet or anything that has, you know, electrical current going through, it'll beep. You know, it's just like beep the whole time. It has a little rubber piece on the top. Uh, a little, uh, it's a, 
white piece on top, and it's usually a yellow little stick. Fluke makes them. Or a bunch of different people. But basically, it's a tester to show if there's any electrical current going through. And I take it out and like, beep. And I'm like, you didn't even cut the power, dude. You're working on this damn thing live. You don't even have gloves or anything. So, <laughs> I mean, granted, you know, even if you're wearing gloves or like uh, like those rubber gloves. And, you know, we have rubber gloves. And then we have all uh, these cotton gloves that we put on for the uh, for the material handlers. That's not going to stop yourself from getting shocked. Like, you can't touch a wire wearing i mean yeah people are gonna say oh but i did there's exceptions yeah you're not gonna be able to wear those rubber gloves that you see at like a doctor's office or anything and or not rubber but uh the latex yeah something like that it's the nice disposable you know gloves for sanitation and stuff you're not gonna be able to grab a live wire and hold on to it with those you know you're still gonna get some current going through them so you know i'm thinking like i need to talk to this guy before he accidentally you know causes a shortage or something and then freaking shocks the shit out of himself because this it was just 110 it's an outlet you know he's gonna get a zap but he's not gonna die but what if he's working mm -hmm. on something that's you know 240 or 480 right better curb the of... habit before yeah. something terrible happens yeah he ended up not staying long but you know it's like well i mean i only got about like two years worth of knowledge in like at school and the only reason why i continued it was because my company had saying like hey we'll pay for it so i went back and they were paying for it. And then I got the sort of I got the degree and everything. I didn't I'm not using any of that, which is hilarious to me. So I you know you're getting all but some of the stuff it is uh, I did, you know, apply the theory to like okay, so you know, go to admittedly this is kind of basic and you should be doing it anyway, but it's like oh, show up to work on time. If you have an assignment to do, get it done on time. If you have X, make sure you get it done, so on and so forth. You know, so if uh, my boss gives me a project to work on and they say, we need this machine running by X time, guess what? That's my homework. That's my thing to do. So mm -hmm. I think it's a, uh, yeah, I'm going to actually take some of the advice that we're given on this show and actually try and apply it as much as I can. Because it's one thing to, you know, sit down here and have a podcast and saying, oh, hey, we're going to try and. Uh, here's some advice on this, this, and this. Luckily, I don't think I've actually gone out of my way and, like, said whatever. I've presented everything that I've talked about saying, I'm just some dude that's trying. I'm just a hobbyist. And hopefully you can take my advice when I actually have some, uh, when I actually have some credit to back me up, you know? Well, I, do I you want to be a pro? That's that's a genuinely, like, it's a important yeah, that question. Is, that's, that's... <laughs> Uh, so many people right because like you're going around like i'm i'm just a hobbyist but like are you or are you trying to be a pro because like a hobbyist right. you know wouldn't want to try and be a pro they just want to keep it mm -hmm. a hobby right that that is the question holy crap yeah i definitely want to go pro that was the in the that was the intention for the show and that's definitely something that i i don't dream about doing it i plan on having that i right. definitely definitely do want to uh transition have it as a backup uh, not a backup but a, a nice good supplement to what i'm doing already and if need be you can eclipse what i'm doing and then boom that's the main thing so i actually hero now that you bring it up a, uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours you had pointed out when i first took it that's a funny thing i want to learn how to draw and i want to learn how to write those two you know being a writer artist is very difficult especially because you have it to is. do you have to balance both skills so I remember As a writer I was... artist, I can confirm. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
I don't gotta say nothing. You already know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm talking to Umer, uh, and he's telling me. So, because this is when I was first starting to learn how to draw. This is when we first met. So this is probably about five years ago. Freaking hell! I, I've known this guy for five years. About five years ago, you know, I'm struggling trying to. Unfortunately, I haven't kept up with it. You know, but it, me writing and drawing is basically like the Hunter Harner hiatus chart. Luckily, the drawing is the Hunter Harner hiatus chart. The writing is the latter half. So yeah, there's some spots here and there, like a lot of spots, but it's not. Here's two years and only seven days actually worked on it. <laughs> uh, being a little mean there, he's telling me, "Do you like the idea?" Of drawing, or do you actually like the process? Because uh, I kept going into it with like all these. All right, so I'm gonna structure it like this. Because the first when I first learning how to draw, it was well, you know, draw box. You know, the first freaking thing, and I couldn't do it. It was boring. I felt I could play the. I mean, no disrespect to the dude. He's definitely the dude. Definitely knows what he's talking about, and he's well trained and everything. But oh my god, man, I could play you. If I ever feel like I need something to put me to sleep, I'll put Drawbox on, and that'll knock me right out. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, like the like, like everything's so. I don't know. I guess I need uh, some more excitement or some more like wowie, pizzow, pew pew wow, like noises or something to keep my uh, my uh, my smooth brain from from falling asleep. So that's, that's something. Luckily, we've covered a decent. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep this up. I'm gonna actually, uh, for the episode, I'm gonna put this in the show notes too. See what, how you guys handle this because it's definitely. I'm liking what I'm re like checking out. I gotta read this article, you know, on my own, uh, on my own time, just so that way I don't waste hero's time. Just you know, <laughs> trying to have a conversation with me while I'm, you know, not paying attention. There's definitely a lot of uh, distractions that I will say I need to uh, omit from my schedule, you know, to bring advice back from another uh, episode because. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Recently, a uh, there's a new guy. I say new. There's a gotcha game that I just got into, and I played on the JP server because it was uh, Eden's Ritter. Now, for people who know what Eden's Ritter is, yeah, no, the uh, uncensored. Uh, I believe it's the Taiwanese uh, server came out mm -hmm. on Arrow Labs, and. Oh boy! As soon as I heard that, because I'm, uh, Arrow Labs is a uh, gotcha game publisher and stuff, so they bring over a bunch of games. Some of them, you know, they work with other companies and have an English, and some of them are like launched side by side. You know, like they have a JP and Chinese and whatever servers, and they're and they launch their games the same day. And I used to play one of the games that they did, and uh, there were one of the new ones that they're going to publish is like a, a shoot 'em up but it's, you know, it's like a naughty gotcha. It's a naughty gotcha game, but it's like Toho, like a little shoot 'em up. Right. Type right. Deal. Like a, uh, a bullet hell. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, so how could I not play that? You know what I mean? Come on. Mm -hmm. I'm liking some of the designs too. There's like this one chick. I don't really like the outfit. Cause sometimes with these like gotcha games, like especially with the lewd ones, they go a little too hard on like the design. So I was like, guys, I get it. It's supposed to be a naughty game, but I mean, you could still, I don't know. You, you don't need to show more skin to be sexy. You can have, you, you could be smart about the design. Like hell, there's mm -hmm. this one girl that, uh, that's an archer, but she has like a bird theme. So obviously she's wearing like the skimpy out, like there's way more like skin not covered than there is covered. But you know, she has like a bird archer theme. And here I'm thinking, forget the girl, that metal bird thing is cool. 
<laughs> like here, let me uh, let me show you here because this is it, it's one of those things where it's like I, I get it, I know what the guys you gotta. It's one of those things where you gotta like balance between uh, like naughty and practical and actually interesting. So that's her. Oh, wow. So she is. So here I'm looking at this design and I'm thinking, you know. That's, you know, yeah, she's cute, sure. The outfit's kind of whatever. And you have that nice little bird motif, I guess, kind of like this robot bird motif going. But here I'm thinking, forget the girl. Look at the bird. Forget bird's super cool. That's like a raptor or something. Right, exactly. Uh, so for another example for Eden's Ritter, there's a character, because there's like the R18 version and then there's the non-R18 version that they show. Like, I, I don't know how they do it when it, you still get the same scenes, but b basically... There's a character who has technically two different outfits. And one outfit, she looks like she's from Bloodborne. Another one, she's wearing like a like a onesie sling or something. Like it, It's like just barely covering up parts of her. And I'm thinking, yeah, can I have the, the, the Bloodborne cosplay and not whatever this onesie thing you're wearing is? Because, I mean, sure, you're cute and all, but like, and it's supposed to be hot. But I don't know. I, I like the aesthetic more, you know? It looks better. Like, ironic, and that's censored, but it just looks like a more thought-out design than, all right, give her a onesie and put some boots on her and a cape, and then boom. Right. Because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, she's going to get – she's going to lose the clothes anyway. So you might as well, you know, <laughs> do, like give her a solid design because when you when the fucking – when the H game stuff starts happening, it's going to be gone anyway. So – Right. Like – don't worry about the uh so why why focus so much on that and admittedly you know i'm giving too much thought to a porn gotcha game but it's one of these things where so i'm having all this time thinking about this where you know what i could be doing instead of thinking about this and playing this porn gotcha game i could just you know be working on my stuff i could be reading <laughs> this game isn't even in a language that i understand i'm just playing it because it has uncensored artwork and i actually really love the characters this, yeah, but you gotta it, you gotta organize your lifestyle to reflect that. Oh man, I know. Oh man, I gotta apply the advice that I'm getting from the show itself. Like, not only are we giving the advice, I gotta take the advice and apply it myself. So that way, I can show. Boom, this stuff is working, man. Hero, I couldn't get shit done this entire month. Now I'm gonna apply this uh, to do list thing, and boom, I'm gonna be like. I'm gonna have like a hundred short stories by the end of the month. There's <laughs> something, you know so. what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I wish hey, I could be. Uh, uh, I think I brought it up, but uh, Maxwell uh, Walter B. Gibson uh, had written, you know, a like 283 books for one character, and even if I did NaNoWriMo for X amount of years, I'd still barely catch up. So it's yeah, it's it, it's crazy. That's definitely. Uh, you know, aim high, but understand your uh, understand which. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, no, this dude was a god. This dude also has the world record for fastest uh, typing. And mind you, this was mm. uh, like this was like a this is like typewriter typing. So this is like ding, ding, ding. Typing on a typewriter is so satisfying. I've only ever done it twice in my life, but every time I've done it. I feel bad because I basically wasted like the ink on the typewriter. And here I'm thinking like, it's so weird to feel the space bar where it's like, it, it's so satisfying. Whenever you get keyboard and you really like the clickety clacks, you know, 
<laughs> I'm trying mm-hmm. to build a PC and I'm over at the micro center and they're, my friends are helping me pick out a, a keyboard and I'm telling them, guys, I'm not going to lie. I really like the clickety clack. I was like, you like the clickety clacks? I was like, I really love the clickety clacks. So I was like, all right, so let's go over here. And he's like, how's this one? And I'm like, it's like, and the click, there's a lot of clickety, but not a lot. There's a lot of clickety, but not a lot of clacks. All right, how about this one? And I'm like, and the clacks are good, but I need more clickety. So we're constantly like picking the different stuff. And it's like, all right, basically you want this color. So I guess it's color coded. And it's been a while since I've been to the micro center. So I don't remember what color was perfect for me, but I really like the clickety clacks. I got the red. So that's what I got. Okay, I'll have to check and see next time I go down and see what it is. I really like the... Cl- I want to be able to hear... You know, my uh, my buddies complaining that they can hear me typing in the background whenever I'm on Discord. That's what I want. So, it's little things that I got to slowly change and work out. Admittedly, you know, gotcha games take like... If you're really... You can finish your dailies in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So... I'll reorganize That's everything. It's like half a Pomodoro. <laughs> right. So, you know, if I can just, and it's such a distraction too, especially, because, you know, normal gacha games are already a distraction, but hey, come on. This, uh, this has some plus 18 content in this game. So uh, yeah. there's there, there's a little extra distraction, <laughs> if you know what I mean in there. So uh, it does remind me actually of another uh-huh. video. So at the start of the pandemic, um, he made a video called Spaceship U CGP graded, mm-hmm. uh, which was really, really helpful for keeping people like me productive during the pandemic, um, because it's like it's all like product productivity for people who work from home. Essentially, that's like the idea of it. And uh, some like one of the like most tantamount covenant of it was that you have to keep your spaces the you know for what you use them for separated right mm-hmm. so you have to eat in your eating space you have to work in your working space you have to sleep in your sleeping space and they have to generally be separated if you can't separate them separate the times that you do those things so if it's in the afternoon you're only in your working space working um, or work slash sleeping space working, right? And then at night, you're only in your work slash sleeping space sleeping, right? So there's like, you have to form some sort of separation. And then if you keep that up for a couple of days, that will continue just naturally. So your brain will be tricked. So like, this helps me a lot because all of my spaces are separated. So I like, I'll eat and watch TV in my bedroom. I'll play video games in my theater and then I'll work in, in my studio. Um, and if I... Like, if I even tried to blend them over, like, if I give it enough time, they will collapse. But mm-hmm. for the first few times that I sit after that habit's been formed, I'll sit down at my work desk and then just immediately be like, all right, I need to get to work on something. Even if I'm not in a working mood or if I don't want to or if I want to play like a video game or something like that. Like, I'm the idea is to sit down and like j- hop on discord and play minecraft with my friends or something like that right? right at my work computer my brain is already thinking all right i need to open clip studio i need to get to get to work on this or that or you know or whatever or like in low moments while i'm playing video games and i'll just feel bad as like i'm playing video games when i could be working but if i go to my theater that completely flips it's like i could you know why am i working when i could be playing video games kind of kind of mood so that oh, is God. also like a really important thing uh for your space you want to make sure that it's like tailored um and separated for what the objective is objective focus um so that that, that just helps your lifestyle a little bit better i'll definitely have to apply this as well because uh 
<laughs> I keep a. I have my bed right next to my bench that I use for uh, drawing, uh, miniature painting, and then right next to my desk that I have all the miniature painting stuff. I have a giant freaking table with all with my pile of shame. And for all you miniature folks out there that uh you know are into the hobby, yeah, no, I I have a three D printer now. So that pile of shame multiplies every single day that I can. And the only thing stopping me from not printing more is because the resin I use is uh like more expensive than the other resins because I'm I'm really picky about the quality and the consistency. So I was talking to a bud of mine and he, you know, gave me a recommendation because he he's a printer. So he'll 3D print a bunch of stuff because that's his business. So he goes and gets the perfect resin that's great for his process and everything. And he wants the most consistent uh, result every time. Because the last thing he needs to do is sell a product that he 3D printed. And then the customer's like, hey, how come it don't look like this? You know, so uh, I'll have to experiment later with some, you know, I shouldn't experiment later. Because if I end up experimenting and I find the cheaper resin, then I'm going to buy more resin. That means more printing. And because, you know, I work uh, I work nights, so I could put the printer in the morning. And then when I come home after work, you know, it's done printing, uh, hopefully. And then I can just take it out and just start the print again in the morning, you know. So it's <laughs> my pile of shame is getting big. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to definitely take a look at this. Because due to the... Uh, to do ist definitely yes. it seems like i'm gonna keep an eye on i'm gonna see this link and put it in the show notes and then i'm gonna i'm gonna like write out everything that i want to do because i had this list of stuff that i actually have you know as part of my new year's resolutions and i'm not gonna lie i'm looking at this list right now technically i got one of them done so I i'm happy there we go. Out yeah, of it's almost half the year over, so you know. Yeah, out of <laughs> out of the okay, so technically out of the out of the I had nine written down, but then I put a tenth. Technically, the tenth one is kind of being worked on, so I think uh, okay, so obviously some of these are vague. So one of them is draw, uh, start drawing again. So it's like okay, well there goes that. It finished painting all the pile of shame. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's <laughs> not gonna happen. That's also pretty... vague because yeah. it's like, what do you paint in the pile of shame? Right. This is this is so. You could tell when I did this list and after. Uh, I started really more into the predictive stuff. Uh, one thing I said earlier in an episode was something that I learned recently. Vague questions get vague answers. So vague goals. You know, it have vague solutions. Vague, yeah, very vague solutions. It's like, all right, so one of them is draw uh, or pick up drawing again and grasp the fundamentals. So luckily, it's like, all right, so kind of direction there, get the fundamentals. Uh, second one is, you know, finish the pile of shame and everything. It's like, oh, God, that's not going to work. Yeah, we're going to have to go through your uh, your whole list and uh, get <laughs> you uh, a to do list and break the, everything down to actionable steps. We could probably spend some time after this episode taking care of that and yeah, yeah, working yeah. out a schedule for you so that you can figure out, you know, how you want to uh, kind of modify your life to allow you to do these things so that by next week you have like a million things done. 
All right. Unfortunately, number six, I ended up, uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to complete because unfortunately due to uh, some Google shenanigans, I lost my NaNoWriMo book. And number six is finish the book. And it's like, we'll start uh, a new book. Yeah, start, start a new one. Just do <laughs> NaNoWriMo. Boom. I can, you know, what? I'm going to do NaNoWriMo again this year. So number six is technically already completed. That's going to be done. I've, I've gotten much better since then. The, you know, they say third time's the charm. Fourth time, I'm going to succeed. Because last year, I got four. Like, last year, I jumped into it without any preparation, and I got 41.3K in before the challenge was done. And this was a week before the series had started, and I didn't even get a single month of preparation. I was preparing during NaNoWriMo, not the month before. So I'm, I know I can do that. So number six, you want to know what? It's a little presumptuous of me. Well, I'm going to say that one's completed. Luckily, number four is start a podcast, which we happen to be doing right now. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So I can. There's some. It's a list that I literally have right in front of me as I'm looking. So I can't look up without noticing this paper that has all my like goals or it's New Year's resolutions. <laughs> so this was written, you know, on in a VC chat during New Year's. So mm, that's bad because that's like a constant reminder of all your failures. Yeah, it is, but yeah, some people it's it's the half glass full, half empty type deal. You know, it's uh, it's something to either motivate you or something that's gonna demotivate you. <laughs> uh, luckily, it's most. I think the motivation thing hasn't really hit me as much. I'm fairly certain it's just a scheduling issue for me because in my own uh, uh, as you know, it's brought up before. You know, people work nine to five I, we say nine to fives we understand that there's different time slots and whatever else the idea is the same you work eight hours a day 40 hours a week sometimes more you know sometimes your boy has to get some ot so his weekends isn't necessarily his weekends it's i get sunday off and oh boy that's about it <laughs> uh i also got to donate plasma on some days so i technically lose you know one to two hours just getting that done but the, More the than that, because it. you have to account for like energy drainage and stuff. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm definitely there's a, I gotta buy those protein shake things at the Costco because every time I had those, it helps me recover a lot quicker than I thought I would. And plus, I gotta get some tums because the, uh, the medication they give you, uh, when you're done donating plasma, because it, it's a, it's an entire process. You just sit there and you know pump your, uh, you flex, uh, flex your wrist or flex your hand and whatever. Uh, the medication they give you, it, I, I believe it's the calcium in your system that it gets. It doesn't mess with your calcium. It's just uh, because of them taking the plasma out of you, you're low on calcium, I believe. So what ends up happening is the medication they give you makes it even lower to try and help you recover. So what ends up happening is you'll get like these super, super tight cramps. And that's because your muscles just don't have the, you know, cause you need calcium in order to move your muscles and like do a bunch of stuff. So, uh, the doctor had, or the nurse, I don't remember what, I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're licensed physicians or whatever. The, the people at the center had uh, given me some Tums and Tums are basically, you know, antacids, which is, and then I look at what they actually are. It's just a calcium tablet. They literally give you uh, the calcium to make your tummy better. But lo and behold, because you're literally ingesting a lot of calcium that gets into your system and that gets rid of that, you know, issue where you wake up one day in the middle of the night because your leg is super cramped 
So I'm going to rectify that issue because, I mean, obviously, when you work, you know, you, you don't got motivation to do anything, man. Sometimes you just want to go home, shower, and knock right out. There's videos on YouTube where it's, you know, how to fall asleep instantly in whatever minutes and yada yada. And all the comments are basically, oh, I know how to fix this. You work a nine to five, immediately knock right out or so on and so forth you know it's like listen bro i listen bro i gotta go to work okay and depending on what you're doing you don't need you don't need these videos to knock right out sometimes you need a you know glass of water you know so you don't you're not dehydrated and knock right out sometimes you don't even change out of your jeans but uh oh yeah i'm definitely gonna I, i've been taking some notes you know i've been uh i have it in my own little private discord which i should probably be writing this down on pen and paper instead of just writing using on discord it's like because someone that I remember uh, who uh, used uh, a Discord forum uh, post to keep track of all of his commissions, and everyone's saying, why would you do that? You do realize you're compressing all the images you have and stuff right here, too. If you're going to do that, you know, have a Mega Drive or a Google Drive. Have it, have the original saved somewhere and not on a compressed Discord server. So I'm going to transfer all these notes on dependent paper, and then I'm going to apply all these notes. And by next week... We're definitely hear some progress because I, I ain't uh I ain't gonna lie to anyone or even give it give it the slightest notion that I'm gonna fail or that I'm not gonna use this because yes, you're gonna here, change your language. You're not a hobbyist anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that that's another part too. That it's a mental battle. It, it's a mental battle. You gotta. I remember when I I, I remember I, listening. You know, recording these podcasts. I remember a lot of just random stuff. So I have. <laughs> hopefully, it's you guys. Are, yeah, hopefully you guys get used to. They're gonna make a fucking bingo card of all the sayings we have, and the freaking <laughs> the free spot is either gonna be a curse or I remember. <laughs> for me. Yep, those two, and then <laughs> yeah. on the bingo card, it's gotta be Nanorimo. Nanorimo, right? right? <laughs> I want to draw. Uh, I'm a hobbyist. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Oh, my like, job, uh, my that's job right? yeah, like, the fact that you're remembering them more than me <laughs> you're doing the card for me um, there you go. I, I, I had to come up with like nine of them yeah right <laughs> uh, I was doing laundry and I was listening to funny enough there's a voice actor named Crispin Freeman uh, and he oh, has a podcast yeah, yeah, he, Freeman. Yeah, yeah he's a really cool dude and I uh, when he was at ASIN one year he did an entire panel on mythology like this dude loves mythology and folklore and shit and I'm thinking uh, Christian Freeman, can you just stop being like my favorite voice actor, please? Oh my goodness, you're so yeah, great. Get into a scandal, touch somebody. Like, yeah, you're right. Oh my god, dude, hero, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. Uh, dude's so well. Like listening to because he's one of the people that really get into the character and wants to understand them for the role. Um. When he was doing uh, Witch Hunter Robin, he was having such a struggle. Like, oh, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? He was really going ham when we're trying to understand this character. And then he figures it out. It's his mom. That's why he's doing it. So he shows up to the recording studio like half, like, like half dead because he's been awake for like 24 plus hours. And looking at him like, Cri like Crispin, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I got this. Let's do this. Let's record. And – I don't know if it, like you could hear it in his performance or whatever, but it's not that you know. Oh, suddenly he got good recording, but you know the character really clicked for him, and it really was great. So uh, he was at ASIN one year, and he was doing because he liked talking about mythology and yada yada. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, let me go to one of his panels. 
And it was really good. The man is well-researched. He really presented the panel really well. And his comedic timing is really good for some of his uh, bits. Uh, I listened to his uh, mythology uh, mythology panel. And then I don't know if this was part of a mythology panel or a different type of panel that he did. But uh, I think it was Revolutionary Girl Utena, I believe is the title. Where it's... Uh, at one point, I don't remember if it's a movie or if it's an OVA, uh, but at some point, the like one of the girls turns into like a car, and they're like driving to escape something, and the series movie—I don't know what it was—ends with these two. I mean, it's it's uh like Barbie doll nudity. They're like mm. riding on like this like track of like two wheels, just driving super fast. And it's these two characters naked driving off into the sunset after like escaping whatever. And then Crispin Freeman just pauses for a bit. And I, I'm going to fail this, but like he pauses for a bit and lets the crowd sink in what they just watched and says, to this day, the director gets questions of what the fuck was that? Mm -hmm. Or like he, he just lets the whole like he lets everyone sink the in and says, "Yeah, no, even to this day, the director still gets questions on what was that." Because <laughs> you have this, yeah, like, Crispin, Crispin Freeman. One of my favorite roles that he's ever done uh, has got to be Kyon from Haruhi Suzumiya. Oh, right. Because you got to right. think about like an entire anime motivated by this guy's narration. Like, if we ever got a dub of the Monogatari series, he would have to play Araragi. I don't <laughs> because think... just based on how much that guy talks. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear him, but as Araragi, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a fan of the Monogatari series, really. Um, I've read two of the books, and oh boy, they're exactly what I thought they would be. I listened to the audiobook for Kizu, and then I read the... I don't remember what the second book was, but I remember reading that one. Because I have the quote-unquote season one limited edition box set that I bought at um, uh, ASEN. Because, crazy enough, uh, I believe the artist's name is Vofan. I think I, I might be pronouncing it wrong, but he was at Asen one year and I got a Shikishi, you know, signed by him. You know, I got a little doodle of the girl with the uh, Hajikuchi. Kachi. I, I, their names are the Monogatsune series have very Japanese names. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. you have to apologize if I butcher them. Like the main character, the main character is Aranagi. Um, actually, I don't remember his last name. I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was his last name. Uh, Koyomi. Koyomi. Okay, not Koyomi that. Araragi. Araragi. Fuck it, it's a, it's a Araragi. There is actually an audiobook for the for, for the first uh, quote unquote first book. It's the first book chronologically because the way they published it in English is they released the Monogatari series in chronological order and not release order. So, uh, Kizu, I think, is like the fifth book or so i can't remember where, when that came out but it's a prequel so you start with kizu and then i believe you get to like the quote-unquote proper monogatari I yeah, the, the anime is the same way where it also doesn't follow release order nor chronological order it's got its it, own order in the anime it, it's so uh it, it is definitely a series that, that takes a plunge to get into but i can i did crispin freeman but the guy that got to voice him in the uh audiobook I like him. Like, um, do you know Christina V as the yeah. female voice actor? She's Hanakawa. Really? In the audiobook. Yeah. It actually really fits her. I didn't huh. think that would I, I didn't think that would work. 
Aww. I mean, it makes sense. Like, now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so, admittedly, the audiobook does use some, like, royalty-free music sometimes. So, when I don't know if you know this, like, jingles, like, ding, 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 ding. Like, it's like this, uh, like these charms or whatever. Like, there is some royalty-free, like, sounds in there. But it's a really well-put-together audiobook. I definitely recommend picking it up. Even if it's even if you're not a fan of Monogatsuki, it's such a it's so cool to see that we're getting like light novel audiobooks because it's treated more like a radio drama and not really like a radio drama. So I'm not gonna like uh, get your expectations too high. But it's not just one person reading through the whole book and you yeah, know it's like a whole production. That's why I like, like graphic audio for my audiobooks is because they do yeah. the same thing. Where it's like a, a radio play for the most part. Like everyone has their own voice actor. Like it's not one guy and then he needs to like you know you know tuck in his nuts whenever he needs to do a girl character. It's no, they like they actually have a female voice actress voicing the female characters. Uh, I oh man, that'd be so cool. I think. At one point, someone had asked uh, Crispin Freeman to read, like, the opening narration to Haruhi at a convention, and he had said, I told him this would, you know, this would be a good idea, and it would make sense anyway because he's, like, the uh, having read the books, he's the main, like, viewpoint of the books. Like, obviously, you get some yeah. interjections. You, obviously, you get some interjections from, the, you know, the various characters, but it's still mostly his perspective. It's not, you know... Oh, they're having whatever. Like, you, you, it, it could work of him just voicing every, like, just doing everything too. Oh, that Christmas stream is so cool. But sorry, I keep uh, tangent. Basically, <laughs> basically, I uh, because of the the panels and all the stuff that I'm looking on him, and he's probably one of my favorite uh, English uh, male voice actors. I started listening to his podcast, and his podcast is more on voice acting. But he had said you can apply the things we use here and apply it to whatever you want to do. And one of the early episodes, because he also gets other voice actresses and actors on his show to, you know, talk about stuff and some VA directors and whatever. Like, he gets a lot of people in the production. It is mostly voice actor focused, but you can take the logic and apply it to whatever. One thing that really stuck out to me for one of his solo episodes was he's it was confidence and whatever and the mentality you have. And he said, oh, well, uh, how I apologize because this isn't. His words, it's more my recollection of things that were being told to me. It's been a while since I listened to the episode, so my rhetoric is going to be different from his. Believe me, he, he's, he has much stronger rhetoric than I do. <laughs> it's uh, much more flowery, much more professional, uh, and much smarter. So my dumbass is not going to capture Crispin Freeman as well, uh, you know, years down the line. the He had said, the question he keeps getting asked is, how do I become a voice actor? And he said, look in the mirror and say, I am. A voice actor and there you go now you're a voice actor because mm -hmm. becoming a voice actor isn't a job it's a mentality or something along those lines where the moment you believe you're a voice actor that's when you're a voice actor now you got to prove it and you yeah. know what i think now it's time for me to actually look in the mirror and you know say it's like i am a writer i am a comic book artist i am you know a podcast host i mean i'm already doing that but you know it's still good to you know, confirm oh, yeah, you still have to myself. say it. You still have to I still say, gotta it. say it. You know, right? Like, just because you do it, you got to make sure you understand. You, you yourself understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to check out that podcast again because uh, I've been, I haven't, I need some more stuff to listen to at work, but then I realized eh, I only really got one ear, so I don't want to, 
I, I don't want to do what I did here, where it's like, oh, I got to fill out this, you know, this uh, forum while I'm listening to Hero, you know, giving me some good advice. I don't want to be working on something and then listening to Crispin Freeman and it's like, oh, but he said good advice. I got to write this down now, now, now. Uh, it, or he's telling a good story and that I'm missing the important parts. Right, where you're like, uh, you're stuck studying kind of situation. Right. Yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I gotta get dedicated time, or uh, I'll play him or all their information that I need when I'm painting. So that way, I'm focused, but I could still you still have the majority of my attention instead of hey, I'm working on this motor, and if I hook it up wrong, it's gonna spin the wrong way, and the last thing I need is for oil to be going in that direction because that direction is me and my coworkers. <laughs> I'm not in the right. mood for an oil bath. <laughs> oh, man. Cutting oil is freaking hot, dude, especially uh, uh, in the Chicago weather. Oh, boy. Is, is that uh, – it's gonna, it's not going to sizzle you, but you're definitely going to be uh, – you're definitely going to want to change immediately after. Oh, yeah. Oh, but thinking uh, – with with that, I think it's good. Uh, it's a good game plan. You got anything for the – you got any closing statements for the uh, – for the listeners, hero. Closing statements. Uh, let's just summarize what we talked about today, right? Get productive. Mm -hmm. Make your system work for you. Don't work for your system. If it's if it's difficult to do, it's just not working right. Fix it, um, or remove something, right? Right. If you're doing too much, do it later or something like that. Um, you want actionable steps, um, for your achievable goals like realistic goals like mm -hmm. things you can you you can and have control over and then you just need to list out the actual steps that get there um starting a to-do list is really really handy for keeping things written down that you know you have to do uh but not having to think about it right so right. it's like yeah i like every time you have a thought about something you have to do you should write it down on a to-do list um regardless of how big or small it is, because the less you have to think about it, the more likely you are to be able to be productive in other things and not forget something, right? Um, and that goes with all your actionable steps as well. That's something I like about the Todoist app is they let you have tasks and then subtasks and then subtasks for your subtasks. Like, it goes all the way down. Um, it's really, really handy, because I, I can write something as vague as, like, make a portfolio, and then under that, list all the things I need for the portfolio and then each under those do all of the things that I need to do to get all of those things for my portfolio. And then I just mm -hmm. like, you know, I can schedule them on my schedule, each individual sub subtask on my schedule and be like, okay, so all of these are done. And then every time I finish one, just mark it off the to do list. So it gradually grows smaller and smaller. And then eventually I have the thing that I want. Okay. So it's, it, that's, that's the summary. I definitely, uh, 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 another thing to add too is to keep your work zones separate for the different tasks. Oh, you know? yeah, yep, that too. If you're, yeah, you know, if you work uh, in this spot, make sure you don't, you know, not corrupt it or taint it or anything, but make sure that it's dedicated for that. You know, I know um, another comic, uh, a comic creator that I follow, uh, he had made this statement. It's like I am thankful that I didn't go for this admittedly he might have needed to because he hasn't really put out a lot of comics i i respect the man as a comics matter with your boy zach i follow him he's a very very independent creator dudes only uses indiegogo to put out his comics and stuff but because he's a very independent and cre uh, creator he kind of is late for his projects so there are i go back and realize oh shit i still haven't gotten this book 
eh, I know he's going to send it to me because, you know, he has a reputation and everything, and he, he is working on it. I still get updates for it. And he was going to buy, you know, rent out a studio for him to go work. And it's like, well, if I go to the studio, that means I have to work. I have to do this. I have to do that. Uh, I don't think uh, Hero is recommending me to, you know, rent out a studio to have a area dedicated for me working, but I sure as hell know. I have a nice little desk right here. Uh, I went to Michael's one day and I saw that this desk was like on sale. I, th I think it's normally retails for like 120. I got it for 50 bucks. Nice little adjustable has a has some drawers. It has everything that I needed it for at the time. And I'm thinking, you all know what? This is a good workbench. So anytime I'm at this, anytime I'm at this desk, it's gonna be work or hobbies. But I'm gonna change that actually now. I'm gonna move all of my miniature stuff. To the, to the miniature table, and I'm going to get more containers so that way any projects that I'm working on, any whips, are going to be under the table, and all my paints are going to be in one spot. So I'm going to turn this desk that I'm currently at right now into only work so that way I don't taint it with miniature stuff. It's That's going a good to be idea. only yeah. writing, drawing, uh, editing these episodes, and so on and so forth just here, and then I'm going to move all my miniature stuff to the miniature table because the miniature table is literally just here's my pile of shame it's literally a pile it's not organized there are pieces that i'm gonna have to like take an extra hour or two to look around and see all right what project did this go to luckily i have a couple containers because i kind of snagged them from work but they were gonna get thrown out anyway so might as well use them uh, i'm definitely gonna have to reorganize my room a bit just to make sure <laughs> i gonna have to clean up my room even more because <laughs> i already have to there's still figures that i need to move in my other uh off like, i say office space but it's a mutual room that me and my roommate share for uh whatever like sometimes he turned that into his little gaming corner so i leave some stuff in there that's important for to me like i have a little glass display case that i have in there and mm -hmm. i'm gonna turn that into all my miniatures and all their projects and whatever if you so, buy yourself like yep. a little separator or something like Shoji screen and separate his half of the room from your half of the room, that would also <laughs> surface kind of like, you know, the the little mentality because you'd be like, oh, I'm in my work cubby now and you're not distracted right. by all of his gaming stuff. Yeah, no, I usually keep everything in my room anyway. I call it the office just because uh, that, that's, that's originally what it was for. I'd have to go into the office whenever I'm working on stuff. Mm -hmm. But then eventually uh, we moved some stuff around. Uh, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep everything in my room so we can make more room for that. It was a bunch of moving around stuff. But originally, originally the office was my office. But then I moved it into my room so I can be more productive because then it's like, oh, just like we were saying earlier, I need to go. You know, I could go into the office and be. I could go into the office. There's a little room right there that I go into and work. But then uh, I don't. Instead, I go into my room and just, you know, procrastinate because on doing whatever. Right, because it's easier for you, right? Right. So now, so. I, now that I have this desk in here, I have done more moving this office space or this uh, this desk into my room, technically. Before, I would have, like, a couple things done. A year. Now, I get a couple things done a month. So it has improved. But now with this <laughs> new, now with this new uh, idea and these new advices, this new information that I'm getting, I think I'm going to turn that couple things a day let's improve yeah, that don't 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 overstress yourself a couple of things oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, a couple things a week. <laughs> should, should I, go. I, I went from a, I went from a month to a day, right? <laughs> I should have put it a week. <laughs> now I'm dropping the gun. Now I see why I burn out so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got a full time job and everything else to look out for, and some of these days you're just not going to have the energy. So, yeah, and I work night shift too, so. <laughs> Oh, man. at least you could come home and, you know, grab a quick bite to eat if need be. But I come home and everything's closed. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know what that's like. I worked night shift for like fucking seven years or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah, that that's nuts. Oh, man. It's and worse that? now because of the pandemic. There's no 24 hour stuff. Right. Oh, man. Because everyone's cutting back on their everything's everyone's cutting back. Everybody wants to. Is, uh, not cut corners, but definitely need to uh, manage their uh, spending and funding as much as they can. Oh, yeah. And with that, I think that's goodbye. Y'all have a good week. Y'all right. have a good week. And we'll see you next time. Peace.